This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Uh, welcome back. Nick Medelsky and Mark Holcraft joining you in, from Rochester, Minnesota at the Rochester Steubenville Youth Conference at the beautiful Mayo Civic Center. And now joining us as our guest is One Groovy Nun. Uh, that's your nickname on Twitter. Sister Miriam James, welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be with you all today. Yay. Here we are. I heard that. I'm just glad to be with y'all yes. today. Yes. I live in the great nation of Texas, so <laughs> there, right? Exactly. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, good to be with you. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you. Um, looking so forward to the weekend. Awesome. Yeah. I, well, we're excited to talk to you about the weekend. Awesome. So some of our listeners may not be familiar like, with who you are sure. and just uh, even your religious order. Although mm-hmm. we, do, we do have some salts up in our area uh, in Belcourt, North Dakota. Oh, yes. That yeah. area. Yeah, you do. We've had that mission for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first assignment yeah. in January 4th. It was 20 below zero when I got there. <laughs> I was like, Welcome to North well, Dakota. Y'all don't, y'all don't mess around with the cold. We could all die. So, no. yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not from here. That's very, very cold. I'm yeah, convinced so. that's why, you know, and it's on the Minnesota side. People say there's Minnesota nice. I'm convinced there's Minnesota nice because you really could die on the side of the road <laughs> and you need people to I pull know. over to help you to say, hey, are you okay? Yeah, well, you know what? It's like uh, you guys might take that for granted, but when I first moved to North Dakota, there was like a survival kit in the, in the trunk of the car. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. what is this? And the sister's like, oh, in case we get a flat tire, we'll survive. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, good to know. Good to know. And plug your car in tonight. It was just like a totally new world. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest where it's all rainy and sure. we wear flannel and we're depressed. We drink coffee. That's what yeah. we do. So <laughs> I, it was like a totally new, a whole new world. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, plug in the car and that whole moment yeah. is real. So I'm originally from California. Okay. And what part so, of California? Uh, Modesto area. So oh, central okay. California. Okay. Uh, and so when I had first uh, been on net, I started the net missionary years ago. And we were in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And that was the first time I, I encountered the whole cold weather. And I heard the phrase, someone said, well, you need to plug your car in. And I, I really, I was like, like, I don't have a Tesla. What? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is pre-Tesla. Yeah, pre-Tesla, I know, you know? Right, yeah. So I just remember saying, like, plug your car in. What? Okay, what does that even mean? Yeah. I, 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 had, I really, honestly, the visual I had was that a grill, it was, it was Transformer-esque, which <laughs> okay. I thought was pretty cool. Uh, the grill would come down. <laughs> <laughs> and just like a major, like a plug, you know, there's yeah, two prongs, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. two prongs that come out and you'd move in <laughs> and, 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 and then even terms like engine block. I was like, but you have to keep your engine block warm. God bless my father-in-law who taught me some of this. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, who knew? So exactly. Yeah. So welcome to North Dakota. Right. <laughs> uh, but we are in Rochester at yes, the Mayo Civic are. Center. Yeah. At and it's a, a lovely day. Out, youth yeah. conference. It is. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, but please, could you tell our listeners about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and I'm part of the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, SOLT, and it's a missionary community founded in 1958 by Father James Flanagan. So we have missions um, all over the U.S. and in Central America, Guatemala, Belize. We have a huge mission in, in Thailand and the Philippines. And so we serve with our own priests and our own laity, and we serve in what we call areas of deepest apostolic need. So mm. based on whatever the bishop of a diocese needs, we come and we fulfill that need for him in teams of priests, sisters, and laity. So, so does that take the form of particular apostolate or mm-hmm. charism? Yes, yeah, so our charism is how we serve together, so in our, our teams of priest sisters and laity, okay. and then the apostolate is really whatever the bishop needs, so yeah. it's varied. So, And that's one of the things that attracted me to the community about 23 years ago, is I like the sense of adventure. So it just depends on where you are as to what the needs for that mission are sure. as to what you're doing. So we do, 
we do parish ministry and a lot of you know catechetical prep. But in um, Mexico, we have an orphanage for kids. We have a senior center. We have a drug rehab center in Thailand. In the Philippines, we go out to the islands and minister to people on the islands. So it just really depends on Belcourt, North Dakota. We've been there mm-hmm. at, at the Turtle Mountain Indian Reservation for a long time. Right. So there's a great volunteer program of a lot of young adults that come and volunteer there. So it's just great. It's really vibrant. Yeah. Awesome. And how long have you been a sister? I've been in my community almost 23 years. Okay. Know, right out of college. Yeah, so you could do the math on that one. Way so. to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to turn in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but you mentioned SALT yes. uh, serves as priests, sisters, uh-huh. and laity. Yes. That's uh-huh. a pretty unique it is. Um, yeah. model. It is. How does that work? It is very unique. So our priest will usually go first, so they'll be invited by the bishop, and so they'll mm-hmm. take over parish. And if that, we try to take over parishes that can encompass, obviously, the entire charism. And so, mm-hmm. and then the sisters will come and the laity will come. So we're on the, we have team prayer together. You know, we have team apostolate things like that and so and then we have laity that are more uh, locally affiliated and more corporately affiliated kind of depending on what their the, what their level of commitment mm-hmm. is and so it's really a way that the Trinity lives Father, Son, and Holy Spirit like each ah. vocation serving in one family and it's really a gift to serve and that's one of the other things that attracted me is I love serving with our own priest and our own laity it's just really beautiful yeah yeah, mm, it's like a witness of the church, right? So, so uh, now you have a bit of a reputation and name of working with youth and young adults mm-hmm. uh, and um, I know there's been a lot of excitement for a lot of young people that yeah. they get to meet Sister Miriam James. <laughs> oh, that's you know, great. And, and praise God yeah. for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so in that regard, um, what, was, what drew the interest for you in wanting to minister to young people? Well, you know, that actually was kind of what the Lord did. I, w- I wanted to work for ESPN in college. So I had to play Division One volleyball, and I wanted to work for ESPN or like CNN or something. And so I was pursuing a career ideally for that. So I was like kind of set up to where when I graduated from college, I could go work in Portland, Oregon. And, you know, you start at the bottom of the market. Right. And you yep. work your way up. And so I did a lot of overnight radio, like all overnight radio shows, like all kinds. Nice. I held the court at the TV station for like the news anchor, you know, yep. just all the, all yeah. the grunt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then God radically interrupted my life through a, a really holy priest that came into my life and just radically interrupted the entire trajectory of it so I thought well maybe I'll I, maybe I won't use that degree like ever. <laughs> well and then so then I was assigned to North Dakota and they invited me to give a talk at a, at a confirmation class and then I coached volleyball at, um, right off the reservation there in Dunseith okay. I was a volleyball coach yeah. for a year and so that kind of got some notoriety so the Lord really just kept opening doors and um so, I, yeah, I've been doing a lot of public speaking for many, many years now. And so I, I do a lot less youth events. I do still still Zoomville, but I do a lot of uh, work with a healing ministry. I do a lot of healing retreats for priests mm, okay. and religious yeah. sisters and all kinds mm. of things like that. So I, I believe in authentic love. I believe in healing. I believe in the restoration of Jesus Christ. And I believe that whatever's happening in our lives right now is not the end of the story. That God yeah. is always healing. Yep. Thank you for doing that. Thanks yeah. for doing that. Can you tell us more... Um, your conversion story, in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned you're from the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. You play college volleyball mm-hmm. there. And then the Lord just called you out. Yeah. Can you share more about that? Yeah, sure. So I grew up Catholic like a lot of people. And we went to Mass every Sunday. Um, and my parents were very wonderful people. But I just never fell in love with Christ. Like, I never went to a student bill conference. Like, I went to some youth Dawson events. But I just wasn't into it. I love sports and boys. And I was like, I'm, you know. <laughs> and I, to me, Catholicism was more fear-based. So like, don't do this. I was going to go to hell. Don't do this. Yeah, so and I, yeah, and it's like, fine. Fear is a motivator, but it's not. The, love is the ultimate motivator, right? And right. so, um, and I also had an addiction. I had all kinds. Of, so I had like a double life. So like on one life was like the girl who played volleyball and the girl who did well at school. Then on the other side was I was a severe addict from like a lot of trauma from childhood that I'd never addressed. And so I had these two competing narratives in life. And I just I wanted to live a life of excellence, and I wanted to live a life that mattered. And um, so for me, when when that priest came into my life, he was the, the person to be like, what are you doing with your life? And it really started to challenge me kind of in, in what, what my life was about. So um, 
I entered religious life, you know, 20, almost 23 years ago, and that began a long road of, of, of re- restoration and recovery and things like that. So I talk a lot about addiction and recovery, and um, yeah, that I, I just, the human heart is such a treasured, beautiful thing, and all of us carry areas of shame. We all have secrets we've never told anybody, and it's when you can speak those things out in the presence of Christ and people that love you, that's where restoration takes place. We'll never be well by hiding everything underneath the surface. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, yeah. Uh, and thank, thank you for that. So, okay. Now, tell us a little bit more. You said you. Um, that, I got excited when you mentioned. Yeah, I was in North Dakota. I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even from North Dakota. So, uh, <laughs> those of the families and our listeners who like uh, our our market and our mm-hmm. network is Minnesota. Um, much of Minnesota, much of North Dakota, much sure. of South Dakota, okay. and then we're in a part of Wisconsin and a part of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Um, but very, very rural. Uh, yeah. And so there's a lot I think they can relate yes. in, in, as far as some of the things you shared in regards yeah. to your time uh, mm-hmm. on the reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, but speak a little bit more, if you could, just about the different journey as a religious sister. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how many times have you been relocated? You mentioned you were in uh, North Dakota, yeah. but uh, now you're in the great nation of Texas. <laughs> yes. Uh, in between. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was in North Dakota for a year and a half, and then I was asked to start a mission out in Seattle, Washington. So I was started, started, our priest was already there, so I started the mission for the sisters and opened a house of novitiate there, uh, and that was like 2004, and so I was there for eight years. And then I was on sabbatical for a year, working on a master's degree in theology, and then uh, in 2013, I was... Uh, asked to come back to Texas because I was on administration. So I was my superior. I was her secretary for five years, and now I'm an assistant to our general superior. So I've had administrative work, which is, it's helpful for, I mean, it's just the way that God opened the doors, but it's also helpful because it means I can go and travel full-time because I, it's hard to be at a parish. You know, like the priest, of course, nobody wants you to go when you're at a parish. So it's just the way the Lord has orchestrated my life. So I'm, I live at home with my general superior, and when I'm home, I live in a very rural part of Texas, and I cook and clean and work at my desk, and it's a quiet life, and then I pack my bag and get to meet people like you so that's kind of the the beauty yeah. of both worlds yeah you know? yeah and, and, and what led to you um i say what led it's who led you i know the holy spirit led you, <laughs> course, you know yeah. but as far as uh, going into the ministry of healing and ministering yeah. specific to priests and sisters yeah uh, can you speak more to that well i think part of that is the fruit of my own journey what the lord has done in my life and i he's always spoken to me through suffering and so the restoration of suffering and so i you know in my own journey in the lives of people i've there's nothing i haven't heard that is shocking or i mean like I, yeah, like, okay, let's talk about what's happening in your heart there, you know. And so um, I was on my journey of recovering, like 12-step meetings and things like that. And then about 11 years ago, I went to a retreat by the John Paul II Healing Center out of Tallahassee, Florida. And it was a new level of theology of the body with the inner healing prayer with sacraments, with the proper Mm. use of psychology. Mm. And I I was blown away by it. And then so um, for the past eight years, I've worked with our ministry almost full-time. And so we do a lot of work with priests and religious sisters. And I, the priesthood is the deepest love of my life. I I really think that if the the father is sick, the family's going to be sick. So how can Mm. we love our priests and help them to be Become who they are as in persona Christi to give the gift of themselves to love the church well so the church can thrive. Like that's that's the model. So um, we're just out in California giving a healing retreat to the Carmelites out there with a dear priest friend of mine. So it's just really lovely. Like it's such a sacred journey, you know. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So good, so good. Um, we are going to take a break here in just a moment. Uh, <laughs> are we catching Eli off guard? Oh, beautiful. Uh, thank you, Eli. You're going all star. Uh, so. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll okay. come back and we'll discuss more about just your involvement with the youth conferences. Sure, and like, so we've been yeah. talking about your community, but yeah. what are you doing here? You know, so, <laughs> we'll talk uh, about that. Exactly. We'll yeah. discuss more with Sister Miriam James when we, when we return. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. What if you only had 20 weeks to live? How hard would you fight for 30 or 40? Today, we are in the fight of our lives, the fight for life. The loss of a baby should never be marginalized. 20 weeks in the womb has become a line in the sand that delineates one kind of abortion from another. I'll ask it again. What if you only had 20 weeks to live? How hard would you fight for 40? The unborn deserve nothing less than the fight of our lives fighting for their lives. Written by Alison Updahl. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Rochester, Minnesota, the Mayo Civic Center. Nick Medelsky and Mark Holcraft here with Sister Miriam James at the Steubenville Rochester Youth Conference. Uh, so glad to be here with you. And we were talking before the break about, uh, uh, Sister, with your work with SALT uh, and the healing ministry you've been able to be a part of. How does that tie into youth ministry? How did that, how did you get into that, fall into that, however that works? Yeah, well, I think they go hand in hand because every person wants to know that they're loved and seen. And I think especially our young people today, as your listeners know so well, carry so much. I'm so grateful that I was a teen when I was. I mean, I couldn't imagine being a teen in the age of social media. That would have been, I think, the end of me. It was hard enough as it is. And so I think bringing the truth of Christ and his beauty and his power and his restoration to, that's a a timeless message because that's the gospel message. That's the resurrection after the crucifixion. So I think it's... um, it's always a message that needs to be heard. So, yeah, I, I love I love Steubenville conferences. Like they're just so wonderful, and the team here at AIM, every, like well, all that you guys do here is just such a wonderful event to be a part of. I feel honored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. It's a joy. Uh, these are the kind of people you want to be with. I know. You know, and be surrounded yeah. by. Yeah. 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 And so, in in your work, 
with uh, speaking with young people because you had mentioned mm-hmm. that you're not speaking in, on the, the youth circuit as much, not as, much uh-huh. as you are more engaging adults. Mm-hmm. And you, you had mentioned something that I think um, is something the Lord's been putting on my heart mm-hmm. up for years. Mm-hmm. And if, if not necessarily putting on my heart, just to help me to recognize yeah. for as much as I might articulate in my uh, previous career before I joined Real Presence Radio and working with youth and young adults, mm-hmm. um, the very message and even like the articulation of that encounter with Christ to know that you're loved and to be loved, uh, oh, yeah. the known and to be known, yeah. all those things, like that is as much for adults as yes. it is young people. Oh gosh, yes. And I think yeah. if there's been one fruit that has been uh, growing within uh, youth ministry in the Catholic Church, is it's opened our eyes in a way to engage culture, not just youth, yeah. but to engage people in the current culture. Because mm-hmm. you know, you know, young people, they're at the, the, the tip yes. you know, of that oh, spear, yes. as they say, yeah. as far as the culture. Yeah. But it's given us an ability to articulate, and in certain areas that are, you know, an, in, the, in the culture that is anti-life. Yes. You know, it's given us the ability to see it for what it is. Yes. But to recognize it's not just young people that has been no. impacted or affected by that. It's all of us. Because it's, it's, it's all of us. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's been several generations now. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so that given us the, that ability mm-hmm. to engage. Mm-hmm. What are you discovering now as you're engaging uh, the, adult, the adults? Mm-hmm. What are you hearing? And what's been... Uh, What's been satisfying or what's been so encouraging to see? Yeah, I think uh, what I've learned just after all these years of getting parish missions and speaking at so many conferences and retreats is that all of us have like this kind of uh, the proverbial um, tip of the iceberg. So if you ask the average adult or even the average teen, how are you doing? The answer is like, good, busy. Good, busy, and we're fine, yeah. but because, you know, God forbid we wouldn't be busy, but <laughs> thanks, COVID, mm-hmm. but, um, but right underneath the waterline, so to speak, is all of this stuff. It is areas in the marriage that aren't well. It is, is trauma from childhood that has never been resolved. It is aches. It is, it is pain. It is, and I think giving people, giving people a safe place just to allow the Lord to speak to that um, and allow the Lord to speak to the deepest places is so profoundly healing. I mean, it's really, in many ways, it's the same experience that you have with teens that you do with adults if you give them the space for their hearts to rest and to be safe. Because we only heal from what we feel safe to heal from. Mm-hmm. So when you can provide it, like this weekend, that's my heart as the host of the weekend, is to provide, we're in a huge arena, but to provide a place that's safe, yeah. where, where the Lord can come speak to you, and, and no matter what it is, no matter what you're struggling with, your deepest aches, your deepest dreams, that Christ cares about that, and, and can we bring that to the place? We have like so many priests here to confessions. It just Yeah, so I think the safety of the human heart, that's where all of us thrive, and, and we want to be met there, and that's where the truth comes out, you know, and that's how Jesus, Jesus is so kind to us. Like, he's so kind, like, he's so kind, and so it's that kindness that elicits the truth that allows us to be transformed in his love. How do you do that as a host for 2,000 young people? Uh, I really ask the Holy Spirit to speak to each one of them because this is for them. And I'm very honest in my own story as well. I'm like, hey, we're all, I'm not, I'm not on stage saying, hey, I'm going to tell you how to live. I'm like, hey, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And I too want Jesus to come and transform me this weekend. Like I want him to speak to us. And so allowing, giving the kids like just, it's continual invitations. Like, yeah. how about let's, we do this. Like, let's ask the Lord here. Like, let's just see what happens. And I think if we don't try and see what happens with the Lord, we'll never know. And we have our own self-defense mechanisms like, oh, God doesn't love me here, this, this. But if we can just clear the altar of our heart and, and allow the true things to remain upon the altar, and let's just see what Jesus wants to speak to this weekend. Because he's going to speak to every single one of us. And I, I can't wait to see what he's going to say. I don't know what he's going to say. Yeah. which is awesome uh, and so let's just see what happens yeah in your experience you know, we, we, we just had John both you yes, on uh-huh. with us yeah and so it was 
awesome to hear what his experience has been from these youth conferences. Mm -hmm. um, and you've been on this, you, you've spoken at several of these youth conferences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you're seeing that has been um, a common challenge yeah. with young people? Mm -hmm. And what are you seeing uh, as a positive? Mm -hmm. And what's, what's their highlight? We, we know and we hear that Eucharistic adoration yeah. is a big one. Mm -hmm. But can you shed some light on that? Take us a little deeper into what's going on with the young people there. Sure. Well, I think a lot of uh, young people have never had an experience really of, of adoration, but adoration where the Jesus comes and walks among us. Mm -hmm. And so just allowing the Lord, and not conjuring up any emotions, but just allowing the Lord, like in the Gospels, he walked among the people, and they led with their sickness. They're like, hey, Lord, I'm hemorrhaging, I'm blind, I'm deaf. And mm -hmm. so to give, to allow the Lord just to literally walk among us and to let the teens experience that. What do you mean by that? So I mean, I'm picturing yes. a visual of somebody yes. who's listening and is like, walking them. Is this yeah. lady out to lunch? What's no, going that's on? Great. You yes. know? So it's Saturday night. We have a beautiful adoration service where the priest brings Jesus in the monstrance. And the, the monstrance, you know, the beautiful gold vessel that holds Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, and then he walks, he takes the monstrance and walks throughout the auditorium and walks by every teen. Yeah. And so the, the teens really have a, a, an experience of literally having Christ. So Jesus is walking them. amongst yes. them, as yeah. you said. Yes. Thanks, thanks for explaining that. Yeah. yeah. And so, and it's a lot of times this whole weekend for confessions. You know, we have conferences where 90% of the teens go to confession. And Beautiful. the adults, too, thank you very much. I mean, you know, so you've yeah. got people in youth ministry as adults who have been in confession 20 years. And so many times for them, they're like, my kids thought it was great, but I was the one who received the grace, you know. So <laughs> it's, like, amazing what the Lord does. And so I think, you know, in this age of social media, in this age of uh, just so many areas of divorce and brokenness and addiction, all these things, you know, if we can come and just allow the, Lord's to, allow the Lord to come and encounter the teens, I, that's all we have to do is just set the table. Let's just set the table, and Jesus will do the rest. Yeah. No, I... Yeah. Uh, it's it's so good. So you're sharing what you're seeing with the young yeah. people at conferences like this. Um, can we come back to some of the challenges that you've shared a lot about? Just really how the Lord's meeting the people where that the young people in their brokenness and yeah. in need of healing. Yep. Um, just can you shed some light? You know how much did do you divulge, right? Yeah. But at the same time, what are some of those? What are some of the bigger challenges? Mm -hmm. Um, but the, shedding a little more light on it, though. Yeah. I think some of the biggest challenges you're seeing today was that what it means to be human and what it means to be male and female. Mm. A crisis mm. in the sexuality of every single person. And mm -hmm. um, our young people are being inundated with such toxicity, and they're confused and broken. And so that speaking the truth and, and who they are, the beauty of their masculinity and femininity as young men and young women is so powerful. And, and speaking the truth and allowing the Lord to come and heal those places, I think, is going to be key for us going forward. Because if you don't know what it means to be human, how can you live your life? And if you're yeah. being told on a daily basis that this is this and this and you can be whatever you want in those regards, and that's a crisis of the human person. And being a male as a man and being a female as a woman is such a beautiful, wonderful, glorious thing. And so can we not speak that truth and, and allow the Lord to come and unfold those places? Yeah. I think one of the positives that's been revealed in the dysfunction of mm -hmm. this, in this confusion yeah. of this uh, identity crisis, male, mm -hmm. female, the gender identity, yeah, uh, whatever so name hard. we want to give yeah. to it, uh, is we are seeing the power yes. of that masculinity and the yeah. power of that femininity yeah. as its reflection of God. Yes. You know, as the yeah. sons and daughters. So I, as you were speaking to that, one of the positives we're seeing and maybe it's from a backwards lens a little bit, sure. right, is to see, like, no, why is it so powerful? Because it's a reflection of your creator. It is. You know? Yes. And the reason why we have a crisis in these areas is that our hearts are broken. And those are places that the Lord wants to come visit us. And so, yeah, and so it's through the tender, you know, uh, uh, taking care of those places that the Lord comes to transform us. So, yeah. So good. If you're just tuning in. 
uh, Nick Modelski and myself, Mark Holcraft, talking to Sister Miriam James at the Franciscan Youth Conference here at the Civic Mayo, uh, Mayo Civic Center uh, in Rochester. Um, but we, we're going to give a little preview. We're going to turn it over to Eli Quick, who's going to give us a snapshot of what's coming on Monday. Hey, thanks, Mark. Great show today. Got another good one coming up for you on Monday, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Father Randall Kazel, coming to you from St. Michael's Church in Pine Island, Minnesota. We'll start talking about providing a pathway for single parents. Sarah Vetter will tell us more. Plus, Liz Kelly will talk about love like a saint. And Bishop John Folda of the Diocese of Fargo will tell us about a special day for grandparents and the elderly. All this and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That'll be 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Monday morning, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Awesome. Thank you, Eli. So, uh, Brother Nick, are you going to be with Father Kazel on Monday morning? Yes, I will be. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Father Kazel, I just give you a shout-out. We're so thankful for your uh, your partnership with us, helping us on Monday. Uh, so good. So Sister Miriam, it's been a joy to have you. We have about you. another minute. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, any final words or just uh, words of encouragement you'd like to give to our listeners? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to tell you that you're loved. That no matter what is happening to you in your life right now, it's not the end of the story. And Christ loves you and he has a plan for you. And he cares. If it matters to you, it matters to him. And I, we, will never, we will never fail in turning to him and asking him to heal us and to bring us home to his heart. Because that's what he loves to do. Thank you so much. I almost, when you just said you are loved and you paused, I just wanted to do mic drop. <laughs> like, <laughs> amen. Enough said. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you mind leading us in a short closing prayer? We've got 30 sure. seconds. Yeah, so Jesus, we love you and we thank you and we ask that you will cover us with your precious blood, that your healing heart would encompass each one of us right now. We ask that you would lead us and guide us this day, this weekend, Lord, as we turn our hearts to you and we ask you, Mother Mary, to intercede for us, you who are all beautiful, Mama. Press us to your heart and lead us closer to your Son this day and always. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us, Nick. It's been a joy to be with you. Uh, We will see you again, Real Presence Live, Monday morning. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.